Oh, my God. 
After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Forgot them in the frying pan each year While we were having fun playing dreidel Smoke alarms were wailing everywhere Firemen were breaking all the windows Sadie closed his eyes, began to pray Those latkes had no luck Our mouth bit down and stuck But Bobby made us feed them anyway
one candle for the Maccabee children. Give thanks that their light didn't die. Light one candle for the pain they endured when their right to exist was denied. Light one candle for the terrible sacrifice that justice and freedom demand. Light one candle for the wisdom to know when the peacemaker's time is at hand. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine through our love and our What is the memory that's valued so highly that we keep alive in that flame? What's the commitment to those who have died when we cry out they've not died in vain? We have come this far, always believing that justice will somehow prevail. This is the burden and this is the promise and this is why we will not fail. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine through our love and our tears. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many Shine through 
ago there was a man fought a war as best as he can. He was one of the Hashmonaim, also known as the Maccabim. I am Judah Maccabee, oil in the jug just right for me. I am Judah Maccabee, oil in the jug can last you see. The Syrian Greeks said you must be part of our history. You cannot learn Torah today or be Jewish in any
and me Let friendship shine eternally May this holiday enlighten the way for others Come and share our joy in Hanukkah May our friendship J.M. in the A.M. Oh, yes. Happy Hanukkah, my friend. Before that, the Cole Zimra Hanukkah anthem. You heard the New York Boys Choir and spin that dreidel. I hope dreidel's gone well for you so far this Hanukkah. Nun gimel hey pei. Neis gadol hayapo for those in Israel. And Nun Gimel Hei Shin, for those who are outside of Israel, Neis Gadol Hayasham. Um, that's Spin That Dreidel from the New York Boys Choir. Schlockrock's Hanukkah Medley. I have a little dreidel from David and the High Spirit. Schlockrock with oil in the jug. Al Hanisim from uh, Miami. Paul Zim with Light One Candle. Those were the nights from the Yeshiva Boys. Yaakov Shweki's Chasov. Hanukkah done by the uh, cast of A Good Yar. And, of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday. It's December the 2nd, the 28th of Kislev. It is Hanukkah 5782. Don't forget Alanisim and all the traditional additions for Hanukkah. Rosh Chodesh will be Shabbos and Sunday, which means we'll start saying Yalaviovo on Friday night. Uh, meanwhile, tonight's the fifth night. I think I uh, have made this point more than once over the last 38 years. <laughs> wow, is that a long time, huh? The point is that... Um, in my father's family, the tradition was, and of course, many people in this generation will find this hard to believe, uh, they did not have Hanukkah gifts or Hanukkah gelt every night. They did not have Hanukkah gifts. They had Hanukkah gelt, and I mean real gelt, not chocolate. And that Hanukkah gelt was distributed on the fifth night of Hanukkah, and the question is why, and the answer is, because the fifth night of Hanukkah is the only night of Hanukkah that will never, ever come out on Shabbos. So the fifth night of Hanukkah is always the night. So tonight's the fifth night, so extra special uh, feeling for the uh, for the Siegel family whenever we talk about the fifth night. Also, it turns out that my grandmother, my father's mother, her yard site is on the fifth night of Hanukkah after, after her rule that the only night that there will be gifts or a gelt will be the fifth night. 
uh, ends up being her yard site. So her yard site is uh, going to be tonight. Um, and um, yeah, she passed away. We, we, I got married. I got married November of 1989, and she passed away that Hanukkah. Back in 1989, 32 years ago. Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM with 51 degrees. Rain ending in a high temperature of 57. Partly cloudy tonight, low 41. And tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high temperature of 45 degrees. 58 in Yerushalayim. We're at 51 here in New York City as we say good morning here at JM in the AM. Yeah, I know. It is, um, it's pretty chilly in Yerushalayim. All of a sudden, a very, very sudden turn toward colder weather in the holy city. Um, yeah, I certainly noticed that based on the numbers. Um, so yeah, 58 here we're at 51. It's a Thursday. No reason to ever touch that dial on a Thursday here at the Nahum Siegel Network, as we always outline, including for the reason of, uh, Mark Zamek's era of Shabbos show, which happens tonight, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time, specifically for Shabbos Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh. And Parsha's Miketz. Uh, that's all going to be uh, presented by Mark Zomik beginning at 7 p.m. tonight. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It'll be encored at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Zai bi mei khashmanim Ufartu khomot migdalai Betimu kol hashmanim Umino
I like the candles with people who love me. He likes the candles with his whole family, sharing the joy of a proud history. Sevivon, so, 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 more Zufganiyot. More latkes, no, please, more Zufganiyot. More latkes, please, more Zufganiyot. More latkes, please, more Zufganiyot.
Mo's tour from Shmuel, Brazil, 613 with the Bohemian Hanukkah. Aaron Razel had Yevonim. Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. The Konicky Wild uh, selection was the Happy Hanukkah, my friend. I don't have any other better way of saying it because it is from an obscure, well, I shouldn't say obscure, it's not fair, but from an album that came out years ago, a CD from years ago, called Happy Hanukkah, my friend. And the credit is given to this uh, duo of Konicky Wild. Uh, and um, J.A. Mora commented about how beautiful a song it is. Growing up in a single-parent household with Hungarian mom, we did not get presents. We did get delicious food and lots of love, and today when I reach the preschoolers, they all, when I teach the preschoolers, they all think guilt is chocolate. <laughs> However you celebrate Hanukkah, it's all about the memories and love. Happy fourth day. Yes, J.A. Mora, you are 100% right. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world the web at AlchemySingle.com and the AlchemySingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Got a light sound in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up here at JM in the AM. 51 degrees, some rain ending in a high of 57. Clouds tonight, low 41, a mostly sunny for Friday. Erev Shabbos, Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh, only 45 tomorrow. 58 in Yerushalayim, 51 here in New York. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. Galay Tzal, Asha'a 2. Chag Sameach, Baulpan, Eran Eliakim, Ima Shekore Achshav. Parashat Nikyon Kapayim. Kitve Ishum Yukshu Machar, Neged Shnaim, Achashudim, Beparashat Achatifa, Veharetzach, Shalanar, Nisim Shitrit, Lifneki Shloshim Shana, Yerushalayim. הרב אליעזר ברלנד, ראש העיר החרדי המעורב בפרשה, ועצור נוסף ישוחררו היום. מדווחת כתבתנו יערה אברהם. כתב אישום יוגש מחר נגד ברוך שרביט ונגד חשוד נוסף ששמו אסור בפרסום, בגין מעורבות ברצח הנער ניסים שטרית בשנת 1986. בנוסף ישוחררו היום שלושה חשודים בפרשות הרצח, הרב אליעזר ברלנד, מנהיג קהילת שוב ובנים, שעל פי החשד שילח את מבצעי הרצח, ראש העיר החרדי שנחשד כי השתתף ברצח אבי אדרי, וצבי צוקר, ראש משמרת הצניעות וגם חתנו של ברלנד. החשש מהתפרצות זן האומיקרון. הדוקטור אנג'ליק קוטזי, יושבת ראש אגודת הרפואה בדרום אפריקה, ומי שגילתה את הזן החדש, מספרת בריאיון מיוחד לעניר קוזים ביומן הצהריים, הנגיף מדבק ומתפשט במהירות, אך אנו רואים תסמינים קלים אצל מי שחוסן. Even if it doubled, um, yesterday our um, infection rate 
this increase from the previous day from 10.2 it did increase to 16.3 um, כאן בדרום אפריקה זה הוכפל מיום שלישי לרביעי, אומרת קוצי, אבל מספר המקרים בדרום אפריקה לא מספיק גבוה גם אם הוא הוכפל. עם זאת, אומרת הדוקטור שגילתה את זן הקורונה החדש, שיעורי דבקות כן עלה מ-10% ל-16% בתוך יום אחד. הדיון הראשון בעניינו של עמרי גורן המואשם בריגול בבית שר הביטחון גנץ נדחה לתחילת החודש הבא. עד אז החל את בית המשפט המחוזי בלוד להשאירו במעצר. בתחילת הדיון נשאל גורן על האישומים נגדו בנוגע ליצירת קשר עם גורמים איראנים והשיב מי אמר שזה האיראנים. עוד קבע בית המשפט לבקשת סנגורו כי יתאפשר לו לבצע עשר שיחות טלפון לבני משפחתו. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון, דורון קדוש. תושב יפו, כבן 50, נעצר בחשד שביצע מעשה מגונה בילדה בת תשע בעיר. כתבתנו בתל אביב, אנה פינס, מוסיפה כי בהמשך היום הוא יובא בפני שופט לדיון בהארכת מעצרו. בתוך כך הוארך מעצרו של תושב הקריות בשנות ה-40 לחייו, החשוד כי הטריד מינית ילדים בני 10 עד 15 ברשתות חברתיות. שר המשפטים גדעון סער החליט למנות את השופט שאול שוחט לכהונה זמנית של חצי שנה בבית המשפט העליון, על רקע חוסר ההסכמות בוועדה לבחירת שופטים. חבר הוועדה, חבר הכנסת שמחה רוטמן מהאופוזיציה, מביע תמיכה בהחלטה בגלי צה"ל. אני חושב שמדובר בהחלט בחשיבה מחוץ לקופסה ובמסר, בעיניי מסר חשוב, שלא לנסות להגיע לכיפופי ידיים בוועדה, אלא לנסות להגיע להסכמה. הסכמות לוקחות זמן, בזמן ההמתנה, העומס בבית המשפט העליון שפוגע גם באזרחים הולך ומתרחב. מזג האוויר, הטמפרטורות תהיינה רגילות לעונה. ומיד בגלי צה"ל, בן וקובי פראג' בתוכנית מיוחדת לכבוד החנוכה חוזרים בזמן ארבעה עשורים אל תחרות השירוויזיון, הרגעים הבלתי נשכחים ולהיטי הילדות. חג שמח, אלה החדשות שעורך שחר גליק.
Mommy brings the music, Tova, the streamers. Hanukkah is such a joyous time. We say Al Hanisim and Hallel too. We thank Hashem for helping us through. We give tzedakah and proudly celebrate. All the dreidels and latkes we eat All the menorahs facing the street We sit around the table singing a la All the candles and latkes we eat All the donuts yummy and sweet We sit around the table singing J.M. in the A.M. Uncle Maishi talking about those donuts and latkes, and I'm saying, wow. be amazing to have a great, delicious cup of Gaia coffee to go along with that. <laughs> those of you out there who haven't yet tried it, remember, all you need is hot water. That's it. All you need is hot water and a brew bag from Gaia coffee, and you have a fresh brewed cup of coffee. Simple as that. Uh, it doesn't get any more complicated than that. That's it. That's the whole thing. Uh, Uncle Maishi with Alanisim, The Wonder of Life and A Toast to Life, done by Yaakov Shweki to open up the 7 o'clock hour, Thursday morning, JM in the AM. Scott Shea is going to join us. Scott Shea is the author of the book, Conspiracy You. And we will, uh, and we will go ahead and, uh, speak with him coming up. It's Conspiracy You, a case study. Scott Shea, who's co-founder of a Signature Bank, um has written this book, and uh, it's very interesting. And boy, on the holiday of Hanukkah, talk about conspiracies against Jews. We'll talk more about it at the 8 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. Um, yes, I mentioned Gaia Coffee. Don't forget you could save uh, t- 15%. Save 15% with promo code RADIO. Go to gaiacoffee.com, GA. IAcoffee.com. All through this week, shopeichlers.com. Shopeichlers.com has 10% off when you use promo code radio. All through this week, everything on the site, shopeichlers.com. Make sure to use promo code radio when you shop at shopeichlers.com. And as we always say at Art Scroll, same thing. Always use promo code radio. You know why? Because you'll save and you'll get free shipping on any amount. Simple as that when you use uh, promo code radio at artscroll.com. So take care of all that, and you'll be very happy you did because it's an amazing and incredible way to save and a phenomenal way to keep us going here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up. You're listening to JM and the AM with a reminder that tonight, Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek. That's going to be happening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time again, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And Avrami has informed me that on uh, uh, that today for Throwback Thursday, right after the live lunch today on Throwback Thursday, right after the live lunch, we're going back ten years when Charlie Burnhout 
Avram Zamist, Shalom Jacobs, Avi Newmark, and A.B. Rottenberg all appeared on the show. Charlie was playing some amazing Chazana selections for Hanukkah. So that's all happening this afternoon right after uh, the live lunch during our um, Throwback Thursday slot starting at 1 p.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Never give up on the Holy Safe Kutamaran. On the first page of Pesan Big Letters, our Holy Master of Nachman says, 
Latkes are so yummy. Especially when they're fried in olive oil. Did you know that the menorah in the base Hamikdash was lit with olive oil too? I love to eat my potato latkes with homemade applesauce. My mommy makes me something delicious. A special treat for all to eat on Hanukkah dishes. It's made with potato and oil to fry it. She makes a batch starting from scratch. You gotta try it. The taste is great. Believe it. So go get a plate. Let's eat it. Latke, latke, yay, yay. Latke, latke, yum, yum. A reminder of a miracle. Perfect for Hanukkah. Latke, latke, yay, yay. Latke, latke, yum, yum. A reminder of a miracle. Made fresh for Hanukkah. Brother loves to have his with sour cream. Visit my Zadie and my dear Bubby. There's latkes too. I eat a few. They taste so yummy. There's lots of sour cream and homemade applesauce. Try it and see. I'm sure you'll agree. I'll have some more, of course. The taste is great. Believe it. So go get a plate. Let's eat it. Like a latke, yeah, yeah. Like a latke, yeah. Thursday morning, JM in the AM. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Uncle Maishi with Latka Latka. Hope you're enjoying the Latkas this Hanukkah. Lucky done by eighth day. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Zechonishmas Harav Zebner Vilsavalevi. Zechonishmas Esther Basar Vilsavalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Hanukkah is a time of great inspiration. It is the only Yom Tov that comes out at the end of the month, at a time when the moon is in its smallest form. The reason is, is because it has the power, just like in the times of the Yavanim, when it was the darkest hour in Jewish history, when it was a time when the Beis Hamikdash was in disrepair, at a time when the Greek army had seemed to take over much of the territory, and the Jews lived in great fear. It was a time that Hanukkah came in the little bit of oil the little team of the Maccabees were able to come and to take away all the darkness, were able to inspire the Jewish people to once again rebuild. This is the same that happens every year at the time of Hanukkah. It's very interesting that Hanukkah is that Yom Tov that follows us through Golos, that each and every year gives us hope 
to look forward to the future. As we say in the Mo'os Tzor, Hashem reestablish us, bring us the great Mashiach, bring us to a time when we will be redeemed. In the Pasuk it says, It was talking, of course, about the time of Akedas Yitzchak, when Avram Avinu was commanded to sacrifice Yitzchak. There it says, I and the child will go until Ko, until here. The interesting idea was expressed by the previous Sklena Rebbe, the great Sadik, explains, Bani Vanar, Hashem is telling us that the inspiration of the Akedas Yitzchok, of the sacrifice, will continue to inspire Jews throughout the generations. Ad Koi until the 25th of Kislev. When the 25th of Kislev will happen, when it will be Hanukkah, then from that day on until the end of time when Mashiach will be revealed, then it will be the inspiration of the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. May all of us, this Hanukkah, get all the inspiration, all the Ha'aras that come into the world. May our lives be lit up with those lights in Bezaz Hashem, may we soon see the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu, Bimheiro Vyomenu. And faith guard the Shabbos, Rosh Chayadesh, the covenant of the eighth. A victory miraculous, but a temple in ruin. The lofty Avoidah they await to resume. Then one flask is found, purity within, engulfed in its flames. A new age begins. darkest of times through the bleakest of nights the sparkle and glow of flickering lights sustaining our soul so pure and pristine igniting the embers of hopes and of dreams With no reason why Suffering for a faith 
that he won't deny. He etches in stone a menorah's engraved to remember the miracle how his nation was saved. Rips from his clothing a wick to ignite. Searching, he discovers a match he could light. Darkness dispelled by the glistening spark, igniting his spirit in a godless so dark. In the darkest of times, through the bleakest of nights, the sparkle and glow of flickering lights, sustaining our Pure and pristine, igniting the embers of hope and of dreams. Society, temptation so great, threatening our piety and testing our faith. The Torah's our beacon, the light of our lives. Throughout this long gallus, it's how we survive. Dark. 
In the AM with Shrey Sharf and Levine and their Mo'o's Tzor. That was uh, requested a bunch of times this week here at the JM in the AM and the uh, Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Label Ben Moshe had Hammer of the Maccabees. And by the way, speaking of the Maccabees, uh, congratulations to the University men's basketball team, the Maccabees. 45 in a row as of last night when they beat Farmingdale in Farmingdale, which is pretty amazing. They have a home game this coming Saturday night. Just amazing what they're doing. Baruch Levine had flickering lights Thursday, JM in the AM. Don't forget, we have a full schedule. All of our programming is brand new today, including our uh, presentation of Charlie Harari coming up right after JM in the AM. Charlie will be uh, speaking about the ultimate do. The ultimate do. Uh, Jonathan Rosenblum, director and founder of Jewish Media Resources, will discuss the political figure of Stadlon um, with Michael Fragan. Uh, Jew in the City Speaks, Allison Josephs will have Lara Diamond, president of the Jewish Genealogy Society of Maryland, the creator of Lara's genealogy blog. That's live with Miriam L. Wallach. The annual Hanukkah music program will live lunch between 11 and 1. Throwback Thursday I mentioned earlier, A.B. Rottenberg, Charlie Bernhardt, and others with amazing Hanukkah selections from, from 10 years ago. From 10 years ago. And the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zomik starts at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in. It's going to be amazing. It always is. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It's the Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek again. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Makar Disability Services and Congregation Renat Yisrael invites you to an inclusive Hanukkah minion for individuals with specialized needs and their families, friends, and fans. Happening this Sunday at 9 a.m. in the base medrash of Renat Yisrael in Teaneck. It'll be wheelchair accessible and sensory sensitive, and the tefillah will be led by Jeff Braverman. Information is 718-853-0900, 718 718- 8530900 The pandemic has brought with it a whole new slew of responsibilities but that doesn't mean that our usual family responsibilities have gone away. People who are caring for their aging parents are experiencing even more stress lately and if that describes you or someone you know, tune into Ohel's next Therazoom webinar happening Wednesday, December the 8th, that's this coming Wednesday at 8:30 p.m. Ohel has a well-earned reputation of helping people deal with their social and emotional challenges. Learn from OL experts how to balance caregiving for seniors with life's other demands. Sign up on OL's website, olfamily.org slash events, olfamily.org slash events. That there resumes happening on the 8th of December. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Yeshuati 
This morning we were uh, sort of cutting down on the Hanukkah music <laughs> after the first the three days, but I, don't know, I got right back into it after that half-hour break, frankly. Uh, we'll get back to uh, Miami with their version of Hanukkah 5782. We'll do that uh, here at JM in the AM. 
um, coming up. Um, Dudu Fisher at Mo's Tour. You heard Yisrael Baruchov with Yavonim. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, I mentioned how excited I am to speak with Scott Shea. Scott Shea is co-founder and chairman of Signature Bank. He is a prolific author. He has some amazing books out there. His essays have appeared in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Daily News, Bloomberg, The Hill, Jewish Week, American Banker, Forward, and many others. He's been thinking about universities ever since he became the first person on either side of his family to attend one. The brand new book is called Conspiracy U. And it's not Y-O-U. It's you, like we're used to uh, seeing on the... uh, Logos of universities. Conspiracy U, a case study. Scott Shea, happy Hanukkah and a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Hanukkah Sameach to you, and it's great to be here, Nachum. I appreciate that. It, would this book have been written, and would it have been written the same way if not for this atmosphere that we are now in in this country where it seems everything, not just Jews and Zionism, but it seems everything is in the crosshairs to be canceled by cancel culture? You know, it's very interesting that the anti-Jewish sentiment on campus has actually been building for decades. And, and, has, and the problem is when it happens on campus, and to a great degree what's happening in our greater society, is a function of what's going on on campus, including, importantly, anti-Semitism. And what I show in the book is how severely anti-Jewish bias uh, conspiracy theories about Jews are masquerading a scholarship at universities all across the nation. Right. And I focus specifically on Northwestern University, which is not considered typically a radical university. And the reason you focus on Northwestern is? I have two degrees from Northwestern. And while I was there, so this is going back a few decades, a professor by the name of Arthur Butts, a full-tenured professor, wrote a book called The Hoax of the 20th Century. And in it, he claimed that the Holocaust didn't happen. Now, my father is a Holocaust, was a Holocaust survivor. And when that came out, and this is many, many years ago, um, I knew something was wrong. But here's the key. I hadn't read the book. But once I did, I started writing an essay on uh, in honor of my father's or in memory of my father's 75th, uh, 75th anniversary, my father's liberation from Dachau. And I actually jumped into the, um, to the rabbit hole of reading the hoax of the 20th century, and I realized that Arthur Butts claims not to dislike Jews. At, at, they're okay. But at heart, he says he's an anti-Zionist. Mm-hmm. So he was actually an early proponent of the conflation between Zionism and Judaism as an excuse for anti-Semitism. Right. But what's critical is how he did it. He did it by using conspiracy theories. Well, there's thousands and thousands of documents all over Europe explaining, showing that there's no question there was a... a serious plan to destroy and create a final solution, quote-unquote, for all the Jews. There are Nazis that confessed to committing, to murdering, to being perpetrators, to being witnesses, etc. So he just, and this is the key, and it's the difference between a conspiracy theory and a theory about a conspiracy, 
because he's creating a conspiracy theory, he just expands his theory around the facts. Mm -hmm. So what happened? All these devious, moneyed, evil cabal of Jews, they planted documents all across Europe to be accidentally, quote-unquote, discovered. And all those pure, innocent, well-being, but hapless Nazis, oh, they were bamboozled, to use his word. They were somehow brainwashed, gaslit by evil, devious Jews to confess to crimes against humanity that they never had the slightest slightest conception of actually doing. Oh, we are so clever, and our ancestors were just so clever. But I, one of the points I, I need to go back to for a moment, um, you, you not only did you say that this study began decades ago, which of course is very significant and important. People shouldn't think that the culture we're in today, or the culture the Jewish people are in today, or the target that the Jewish people and Zionists are in today, uh, we, we, we shouldn't think that this is a new thing. This is something you discovered years ago, but, oh, there's, no. but, but there's one other thing I need to emphasize, and I, I need to know if you agree with this, I think based on what you just said you do, that the, the, the culture that we now are experiencing in the United States of America all emanates from the college campuses, meaning it is that atmosphere of academia, that atmosphere of uh, intellect, intellect that, that breeds these types of conspiracies and theories, and then all of a sudden you see that they seep into regular society. Would that be a correct evaluation? There's no question about that. Let me give you a few frightening statistics. Uh, 11% of Americans under 40, adults under 40, believe that the Jews caused the Holocaust. 15% agree with butts that, uh, that it's all the made Holocaust up. was either a myth. He, he does say maybe some Jews died in a typhoid outbreak. It was either a myth or it was hugely exaggerated. And the... There's another study I cite, which is frightening, because we used to think that the solution to anti-Semitism, to anti-Jewish hatred, was, um, was education. Right. But in a very careful study of, of prejudice against Jews versus others, so questions were asked, for example, should a Jew be able to be allowed to wear keep in the military? Should a Sikh be able to be allowed to wear a turban? Should a Seventh-day Adventist uh, be given special accommodation to take off Saturday? Should a Shabbat, the Shomer Shabbat, they don't use the word Shomer Shabbat, should a Jew be permitted to have the Sabbath, the Shabbat off? And the amazing statistic is that if you ask the question about the Jew, people are who graduated college are five percentage points, not not more, but five percentage points more likely to say no to the Jew. But if they went to graduate school, they were 15 percent more likely to be prejudiced against the Jew versus the other example. So the more education you're getting, the worse it is. And let me just give you one other one other example, which is critical um, and, and is a and is causing a boycott of Israel that nobody's talking about. It doesn't just stay on campus, is my point. Morningstar, and I, write, I wrote an article about this in Jewish Link, and it's appeared in some other places. Morningstar um, is essentially embedding a bias against Israel in its uh, ESG and some of its ratings of you know whether or not companies are socially conscious. So if they're doing business with Israel, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the kind of thing you actually couldn't get away with 
if it were, we were talking about any other group. Right. But you, but because this deep anti-Jewish bias is being indoctrinated in, by some scholars. And by the way, I have to say one last thing. It's not only on the, the right, it's on the left. Let me give you the example of, prof, of uh, Professor Stephen Salada, who wrote, the Nazi Holocaust, I'm quoting him, the Nazi Holocaust in Europe seems a direct antecedent to Israel's founding. There were plans from the outset of Zionism to rid the promised land of its indigenous peoples. The problem with the remembrance of the Nazi Holocaust is that it happens in isolation from relevant historical events and worse from its ongoing consequences. It's not very useful at all if a corresponding genocide is taking place with the Palestinians at the hands of Israel. This stuff is being written. These sorts of things are being set on campus, in syllabuses, and published by places like Duke University Press, Stanford University Press. The thing that I do in my book, which most people just sort of have this, 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 you know, sort of view, like you said, which is bad things are happening on campus. I actually right. chapter and verse are, is, are I'm giving the evidence, and this is what we need as a community: is to say, here is the actual evidence. Here are the quotes. Here's what people are saying. It's not just some sort of we're waving our hands, and that's why I spent all of my discretionary free time for 20 months just reading everything that these folks wrote and creating a record. That's why I'm so passionate about this book, and that's why I want people to read it and to be able to give it to others and to confront uh, confront universities that are, that are trafficking in, in centuries-old blood libels against Jews. It is a brilliant case study. The book is called Conspiracy You, Scott Shea, is the author's Conspiracy You, a case study. You can actually go to Scott Shea's website. You'll see that it's available uh, right there on the homepage, Scott Shea, dot com. Scott with two Ts, Shea, dot com. I think, and I, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I think you'll know where I'm coming from. I think the most important question you ask in the book is the one that probably has the most complicated answer. And that is on page 173, Mr. Shea, when you say, why does Judaism and Zionism drive their opponents crazy? What is it about us that the, both the right and the left, usually it's the right that's against a certain group or the left that's against a certain policy. Why is it that across the board we drive everyone crazy? Well, this is an answer that I, I've been doing a lot of radio and TV <laughs> lately, but this is an answer that probably only your listeners will get. It's because both the right and the left have their own avodazara, mm. the far right and the far left. In other words, idolatry is 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 in, in is deep inside of far right and far left ideologies. People have created their own god, king, pharaohs. Right. And the commonality is, if you're an idolater, you always know that there could be a bigger God somewhere that can beat up your God. Right. And, that can, and what happens is, is that the, the, the Torah, the Bible, basically says, no, there's one God. And so that is a very, and one God, and the, I don't need to tell your, your listeners, the seal of truth right. is, the, it, that's what the Talmud said, is the seal, the seal of God is truth. Right. And this whole thing about my truth, your truth, his truth, her truth, it's bunk. And there is truth, and we have to find it. And that's what the Torah and that's what Tanakh says, is you have to search for truth. So if we're, if we're hated by everybody, we're doing something right. A hundred percent. But look, we have a mission. This is 
why I think part of the reason why God put us on the planet is that we have a mission here to be an Orla Goyim. We have a mission to be a light into the nations. And so we can't shrink from that. And one of the reasons we shouldn't just say, okay, this is all happening. I'm going to forget about this. And I feel this personally. You know, let, let, let folks just, you know, we're going we're gonna to make our own, our own Shabbos, as it were. You, we can't do that because these kinds of, when a vote Zara really infects society, bad things happen. And it's really up to us to put this on the table right. and to say to universities and to academia, no, truth is important. That's what we've been trying to say for 3,000 years is, is there Sinai. Is there a difference between a conspiracy and a lie, meaning that you? it seems like you're, you're hesitant in the book to call them all outright liars, uh, you're giving them a little bit of credit that they're forming their opinion based on certain evidence or papers have been written or research that's been done, even if all the research is completely false. Is there a difference between an outright lie and what you call a conspiracy? Oh, there, there is. Look, first of all, an outright lie is disprovable. Mm. If, if you say that um, X is Y and I can show you the facts and you you believe in truth, I can disprove it. The problem is... And I'm not really giving them credit. I'm actually more fearful that they are trafficking in conspiracy theories. Right. Is that what I show in the book is that whenever there's evidence that contradicts the conspiracy theory, it's just like Arthur Butts, who says, who expands his theory to say that the crafty Jews planted this evidence. Um, the crafty Jews just caused these pure, innocent Nazis to confess to crimes against humanity that they didn't commit. But the same thing goes on the far left. When you talk about when, and I we didn't have a chance to talk about this too much this morning, but I show in the book the the conspiracy theory on the left that Jews are conspiring with police departments across the country and world to oppress people of color. Right. Well, you can show evidence that it didn't happen. I do to some degree, but I mean it's so ridiculous. You wonder why you have to, but. Once you do that, the conspiracy theory just expands right. again to say how crafty and devious these people are. And that's so the, the problem is it's unfalsifiable. And that's the reason, by the way, that you'll see Palestinian flags at BLM rallies, and you'll see them at anti-Rittenhouse rallies, and you'll, you'll see because because it, it, it's all lumped into one, that you know, if something bad is going on and if there's you know, something that society is quote-unquote suffering from, in some way it all emanates from the Jews being... Uh, to, uh, being oppressive to the Palestinians. It always seems like that's what it comes back to in some way, shape, or form. Well, and, you know, it's sort of incredible that, you know, what's going on, even when I was reading in the papers this morning about what's happening to the Uyghurs, which should make everyone on this, right. on, on the, on the sh uh, everyone cry. Right. But no one can talk no. about that. The Warwinga, we not, no right. one can talk about it. No one's paying much attention to it. Nobody Certainly cares. no one's boycotting China, right. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, we can't get enough ships in from China. Right. Nobody so cares. This is, But that, too, is a sign of a sort of an insipid, insidious anti-Semitism. Right. If nobody cares and the Jews are somehow separated, then... That's a problem, and I show. That's what I'm trying to do in my book is to get to these underlying right. concepts that that people are being taught in college, like 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 mother's milk. But why is there a perception then, or why do we want to believe um, that 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 there's that there are so many good people 
in this country and that when students are sitting in these classes on the college campuses, many of them will object to what's being said. And Americans generally have a positive attitude toward Israel and toward the Jewish people. Is is this this wishful thinking? Do do we make up our own conspiracy about how much we're loved because we're so afraid of what's going on? Well, no, but I think our enemies, and we should never really underestimate our enemies. Uh, The enemies of the Jews and the people who are coming up with these conspiracy theories, and this I also show in the book, there's a political motivation in many cases, conspiracy the propagators of conspiracy theories recognize that what they're saying is made up and are you know a set of lies, and um, they so the the folks who are coming up on the far left realize that Jews are, are like so they come up with these notions of anti-normalization, of compulsory Zionism, so they've diagnosed the same thing we are and. We shouldn't underestimate their ability to try to change the narrative. Don't forget, things change dramatically. Just look at New York from right. you know the 50s to the 70s. Look right. at Berlin from the teens to the 30s. Right. Things can change, and that's the long-term goal that the BDS movement – and I show, I show academics who actually articulate that. They realize this is a long-term battle. And they're determined to win it, to change public opinion. So we shouldn't rest on our laurels here. Yeah, no question about it. And the fight is a is a long battle, as you just described. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll see the fruits of all this labor if, for those who are fighting on the front lines uh, quickly. But the chances are that if we do have success, it's going to take a long time to get there. By the way, I'm sure people are wondering, is it only Northwestern? Is it only a specific region of the United States? Is it only a certain percentage of college campuses? Uh, if, we, if we'd lump them all together, what would we learn about the college scene in general nationwide? Uh, unfortunately, I use Northwestern as a case study, but I give other examples. I mean, at Rutgers, there's a full professor who's won awards for her books who says that Jews are, are, are maiming Palestinians are starving them and are mining their organs um, to be transplanted into Jews. So the craziness is at Rutgers. The craziness is at all sorts of universities that are saying things about Jews that could not be said about any other group. It's widespread, um, and it's extremely worrisome. That's why I wanted to get this out there, do a chapter by verse, but I do talk about other universities as well. Uh, Northwestern is my case study. The, uh, the, there are many parents, I'm sure, listening who, are, uh, who have sent students uh, to you know, campuses around the country and are certainly considering doing so. Uh, I guess one of the words of advice you would give them was with all the tools that, that, that this student needs in their toolbox to survive as a Jew on these campuses in general, they've, they've got to add more now because they're going to confront both students and professors who are virulently anti-Israel, anti-Zionist, and they're going to make them the target of their displeasure. Uh, and, and I would think that, um, I'm sure you'd agree, that one of the best things we could do as parents and grandparents in this regard is to prepare these children accordingly. For sure. One professor who wrote a book at Northwestern University that was that was published by Stanford University Press worries about Jews who are moles in their in their in their classes. Wow. And you know, quote unquote moles. I mean, that's the yeah. word she uses. And I, again, couldn't say that about any other any other group. But I here's the thing that's most important in my message to parents. Yeah. I actually 
The question you just asked me when I give talks is probably the most common question I get, um, which is, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to help our students? Well, the first thing to do is this shouldn't just be, this is a serious mistake if we say this is up to students, because the power dynamic at university is such that the, the faculty and the teachers are giving the grades. If you want to get into a graduate school, if you want to get a reasonable degree, uh, a reasonable grade, you've got to sort of parrot, unfortunately, sadly, what the professors are saying. Right. It's really got to be something where a, the, the, the adults get involved, and not the young adults, but the, the, the adults in the community get involved, confront universities. Let's not forget that our taxpayer dollars are supporting, in some cases, these universities. In many cases, Jews are alums. Of these universities, some of them are board, some of them are board members and presidents of some of these universities nationwide. A hundred percent. I spoke to one board member. Well, I'm sorry, one president, pres, not president, a chair person of the board of trustees, who is a involved Jew. And I, I at, at at the campus that he's involved with, I, I gave him some names of here's what here's the bunk that professors at your university are writing, and. Many people just shy away, and they say, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. They don't want to get engaged, and that's why I really wanted to write this book because, and, may, it's, and, and get it out there because there's plenty of evidence. There are plenty of Jews involved in the university community, right. but we have to find our voice because silence is complicity. Scott Shea is the author. The book is remarkable, and everybody out there, I am asking you to make sure to get it, to read it, to internalize it, and then act upon it, because there's a lot of work to be done. All of us uh, have the opportunity. We know a lot of people out there. Uh, everyone has an opportunity to make a difference in what's happening on our college campuses and in this country in general. Scott Shea's book is called Conspiracy U, a case study. You can go to his website, scottshay.com, Scott, S-H-A-Y.com, to buy the book. It is a Wicked Sun release, and uh, it is brand new, and we are highly recommending it. Scott, in terms of uh, purchasing, and I'm assuming your website is sufficient, right? Well, they can go, frankly, I can also go on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's really, it's it's in the part of the uh, Simon & Schuster catalog, so you can get it anywhere, frankly. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Scott Shea's website, it's called Conspiracy U, that's a letter U, initial U, Scott Shea is S-H. A Y. I take this opportunity to say Mazal Tov on the book. It's an amazing one. And a, uh, a, a uh, wishes to you for a happy Hanukkah. Baruch Tiyah. Sameach. Tadarabah. There he is, Scott Shea. The book is called Conspiracy You. Get it, everybody. We're highly recommending it. Thursday morning broadcast. More coming up at JM in the AM.
חבר'ה סביב שפי, ברכת המזון, ברכת המזון. רבוי סיים ובנצ'י. חבר'ה,
so far with the greatest of ease he moved through high societies that grocers boy from the city streets well he'd long since gone and changed his name it was the only way that he could play the game with neighbors like the Richardsons the Williams and the Jones what could he do with a name like Cohen? But he had one memory, yes, his father he did see Lighting colored candles on the windowsill Eight days a year he'd light another candle every night They lingered in his memory still In December came home from school his little girl called Sue She held a picture of an Xmas tree she drew all the kids in my class have one, she said, with a tear. And could we have one in our home this year? He didn't know what to do with his little daughter, Sue. Although her desires he wished to fulfill. My dear Sue, listen to me. There's something better than a tree that lingers in my memory still. Work. 
With a menorah in his hand His dear wife said to him Joe, I just don't understand They've worked so hard to get to Where we are today And now what will we do What will the neighbors say Well he lit those candles anyway Yes, there were five that night And from his window to the street Glowed the candlelight They were burning for an hour Maybe a little more When suddenly Mr. Richardson Stood there by the door He said, would it be okay If a word to you I say There's something about those candles You must know Yes, they bring back memories Of my father I still see As he lit those candles Many years ago Yes, they bring back memories of my father, I still see, as he lit those candles many years ago. He stepped outside later on that night, and boy was he surprised. He couldn't believe what he saw, he couldn't believe his eyes. From all the houses on their block, glowed candlelight. From their windowsills, and out into the night. Yes, they had one memory, yes, their fathers they did see Lighting colored candles on the windowsill Eight days a year they'd light another candle every night It lingered in their memories still Yes, they had one memory, yes, their fathers they did see Lighting colored candles on the windowsill Eight days a year they'd light another candle every night it lingered in their memory still Yes, they had one memory Yes, their fathers they did see Lighting colored candles on the windowsill Eight days a year they'd light Another candle every night It lingered in their memory still Those were the nights of Hanukkah, I remember long ago, when our family got together, little eyes aglow, multicolored candles burning, as the joyous songs were sung. How I missed all the menorah lights when we were all so Forgot them in the frying pan each year While we were having fun playing dreidels Smoke alarms were wailing everywhere Firemen were breaking all the windows Sadie closed his eyes, began to pray Those latkes had no luck, our mouth bit down and stuck But Bobby made us feed them anyway
done by Schlockrock. Yeshiva Boys had Those Were the Nights. Destiny with Colored Candles. I'm sure there's at least one listener out there who's very happy we played that. Um, oh, yeah. Based on the based on the app, I would say so. <laughs> uh, before that, Shmuley Unger's Muftach. Birchas Orech from Lipa in Miami with the brand new Hanukkah 5782. Thursday morning broadcast, full schedule. Brand new Charlie Harari. Brand new Michael Fragan. Brand new Allison Josephs. Brand new music show with Miriam L. Wallach at 10.30 on That's Life. 11 o'clock for the uh, live lunch. 1 p.m. We go back 10 years with Charlie Bernhout, A.B. Rottenberg, and others in a music-filled uh, Hanukkah JM in the AM from 10 years ago. Thank you, Avrami. And 7 p.m. tonight, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It's Mark Zamek hosting the Erev Shabbos show for an Erev Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. All coming up today right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Meanwhile... We get to enjoy this brand new one from the Maccabees. If you want to celebrate with us, we got a holiday we call the Festival of Lights. The lovers on the table with a half a dozen noodles and the music helps you feel alright. Light up from the left, add up from the right, candles in a perfect line. If you're feeling like you need a little bit of liberty, you find us at the perfect time. Shine 
My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and the Alchemist Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. 
Wraps up an amazing uh, fourth day of Hanukkah here at JM and the AM. Don't touch that dial. Great program coming up. Brand new Charlie Harari. Brand new Michael Fragan. Brand new Allison Josephs. Brand new Miriam L. Wallach. Brand new live lunch between 11 and 1. Uh, throwback Thursday, 10 years ago. Charlie Bernhout with Hanukkah Selections. A.B. Rottenberg and more. And at 7 p.m., brand new Mark Zamek with the Erev Shabbos show for Erev Shabbos Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow morning, of course, we're back. Make sure to be tuned in for Erev Shabbos Hanukkah here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.